I'm your host, Dr. M, and you're listening to Aligned You, a podcast to assist you to truly be aligned through your body, head, and heart so you can reach your full potential in your own unique way. Hey there, Aligned You listeners, Dr. M here, and welcome to today's episode. That is actually a live recording that I did back in 2008. This live recording was a workshop that I ran called Breaking Bad Stress Habits and Pain Cycles. Now, it's particularly relevant right now for myself and potentially for you guys too in what's happening in my world right now. This particular workshop was recorded live two years ago and it was about two weeks after Yoda, okay, and my mum was first diagnosed with cancer and had uh, part of her colon removed two years ago. And really the the tools and the uh, theories that I share in this particular workshop have really stood me in good stead for exponential growth in my life over the last two years. When I reflect of all the things that have happened over the last two years, geez, there's been some good stuff that's gone on in between some different challenging uh, periods in my life as well, some very challenging periods. But when you actually understand how our brain works through neuroplasticity, it's amazing how we can have exponential growth even when we are challenged. So I hope you enjoy this series. It's certainly relevant, as I said, for me right now. And you might have caught my episode last week when I was talking about being prepared and uh, understanding where my mum's journey is up to just at the moment. So I won't be recording live episodes over the next few weeks, uh, but this particular workshop series uh, certainly sits close to my heart for many, many reasons. One, because of the timing of the recording of it a couple of years ago, but also the impact that I know it had on the people that have listened to it so far, but also it these tools and techniques that I use within my own life is the exponential growth that it actually can create. So enjoy this series and I'll see you on the other side. Easy a mindfulness exercise can be. So one of the things that happens when we eat, how many people eat on the run these days? Mm. Okay, so when we're talking about, he's like eating now, he's like, yes, I do. This is great. This cereal's awesome. Um, one of the things that I think is is really um, it, it's sad and it also affects the digestion and it affects our connectedness is the fact that we eat often alone and we often eat on the run. So one of my mum's favourite sayings is she loves having everybody at home with everybody's feet under the table, eating the same food at the same time. There's reasons for that. We talk about it in one of my food workshops as to why it's important we're actually eating the same meals because it's from a food energetics point of view. It actually makes a difference. Okay, So if you've got one family member who is a vegan and you have one family member that is basically Paleo Pete's protege and they eat a lot of bacon and meat, is that it's not often vegans and Paleo Pete's get on very well because literally they are playing on different fields. That might sound a bit crazy, but it's how... how it works okay so if you have family members that are all eating different foods it's why often you kind of feel like you're not quite connecting okay so it's where if you as I said if you can share meals together it's really important if you can sit down and eat meals it's also really important because think about if you go to a nice restaurant and I love eating out it's one of my favorite things to do if you would like a restaurant tip anywhere pretty much on the east coast I can help you out um, but if you go to a nice restaurant that is expensive and the meal comes out and it's that big what do you usually do after you've taken a photo for Instagram? Is you, that was a joke guys, okay, clearly it wasn't very funny. <laughs> clearly none of you use Instagram or I said it too fast. Yeah, too fast? It was just so true, it's not even funny anymore. Oh, that's a shame. So after you've taken a photo of it, do you know there's some restaurants now that they're actually creating their meals for the photo opportunity, not for the taste? Isn't that a bit scary? But so you're in a beautiful restaurant with a fantastic view and the meal is about that big. 
And what do you do after you've taken your photo as you sit and whomever you're having dinner with, you're like, oh, doesn't it look amazing? How did they put it on the plate like that? How did they get that little schmear just in that little translucency? And you probably spend five minutes talking about how this thing that you've just probably paid $100 for, that's on this large plate and it's placed just in a certain spot so there's negative space around it. And you're spending time talking about it. So then what you do, because it's only this big, you get your knife and fork and you take little teeny weeny bits off it because you want to savour it. And if you're out to dinner with somebody that just puts a whole thing in their mouth, you're like, oh, dude, God, I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> but think about the difference on how we actually eat when it's something that we value versus when we're just actually doing it on the run. So that brings me to this particular exercise, which throughout our day, when we're getting stressed, overwhelmed, we're feeling like we want to simplify it. Sometimes we just need to be able to switch the channel from the stress channel to the calmer channel. Okay, so this exercise will hopefully help you do that. It's more fun with Maltesers, but we're going to go with Sultanas tonight. So, okay, if you've already eaten it, get another, get another one out. <laughs> Sorry, that was clearly I was way too long-winded in my, in my entry point. After the whole, whole the kerfuffle, exactly, to see who ate it first. All right, what I'm going to get you guys to do is if you've got other things in your hands, um, maybe just pop it on the ground for a second, because what I would like you to do is whatever piece of food you have left is if you can actually pop it into the palm of your hand. I've done this one before. Have you? With a fruit nest. Oh. Yeah. If it's the same thing, it may not, it may not be the same thing. Oh. You do it with the Sultana as well. Well, see, it wasn't a Malteser. That's why it's better with Malteser. Eh? <laughs> Would you, well, it's one of those things, and again, it just reiterates, if you've done it before, are you doing it at home? <laughs> so, the reason why I say that is because part of what I hope for you guys tonight, and we'll set this intention at the end, pick at least one to three things, depending on your personality, some of you will be like, I want ten things, that's me. For some of you, would be like, if I master one thing, I'll be really pleased I made the effort to come tonight. So if this is something you've seen before, maybe set the intention that you do it more regularly with all your meals. Because again, a bit like getting here, you can be eating and you finish the meal and you're like, where did it go? So what happens if you haven't actually been conscious of when you're eating? You eat more. It's like the pizza that never ends. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm still, I'm still not full. I'm still not full. I'm still not full. Oh, my God, it's like it goes to here and then all of a sudden it pops back up and you're like, I'm so full. Okay, so pop it in the palm of your hand. What I'm going to get you all to do is just to close your eyes for a sec. Brilliant. Now, what I want you to do is just actually pay attention for a moment. It might sound a bit silly, but pay attention to the sultana in your hand. Actually, think about, does, is there any weight to that sultana? Or, and can you feel it in your hand? Once you've done that, with your other hand, what I'm going to get you to do is to pick it up and to actually bring it up towards your mouth and actually just under your nose. And I want you to actually just to take a breath in. And can you smell the sweetness of, of the sultana? Once you've done that, I just want you to pop it, your tongue inside your mouth, but just pop the sultana just on the tip of your tongue. Don't chew it yet, just leave it there for a moment. Because sometimes we eat so quickly, what we forget is there's different aspects of our tongue that pick up different tastes. And just spend a moment just letting it sit there and as your saliva comes around, you're probably going to get more of an intense taste. 
Just really pay attention to that taste for a moment. And then what I'm going to get you to do is, if you need to chew, depending on what you've got in your mouth, give it a little chew and swallow it, or if you can swallow what's there, go for it. Please, no choking. And then what I'll get you to do is just to open your eyes. Now, what you notice, like we were mucking around, we do something, took us about 30 seconds. It was a sultana, folks. And just notice how the whole room went into a calm state. Pretty cool, right? So when people sometimes talk about meditation and mindfulness, they think it has to be really complicated. What if being mindful was just how we ate? And then we sat down at a table with our feet under the table, minus these, because if you're on these doing this, that is not mindful. I would, and don't get me wrong, I do it too sometimes. Preferably, I try not to do it when I'm eating. But, you know, you get into the scroll of death where it's 10 minutes and then you look up and go, wow, where did the last 45 minutes go? That's not mindful, that's mindless. Okay? And it's getting stuck into to FOMO of <laughs> I've got to keep going because I might miss out on the one exciting thing that was on Facebook today is clearly going to be on the next scroll. It wasn't in any of the first 45 scrolls that I did. It must just be on that next one. Now, I know some of you are smiling because you're like, how does she know what goes on in my head? Okay. So what I want to do now, and again, part of the reason why I like to keep nights like tonight fairly interactive is because it will help you guys remember. So hopefully it's not that painful what we're about to do. What would you say? Oh, is it? Oh, no, I'm pretty sure it's brick. What do you, oh, do you think? Oh, okay. Oh, we're being technical in the building, in the building material. I like that. She's doing balancing. I like it. Well, when it comes to our inflammation in our system and the stress that might be in our system, I want to spend a little bit of time thinking about those three. Does everybody remember the three stresses that we talked about earlier? Can anybody yell those back out to me? Physical. Yep. Okay, so what I want to talk about now and spend a little bit of time thinking about, it's a terrible table, but you get the picture. <laughs> Thankfully, people don't pay me for the beauty of my writing or my ability to make tables, is let's think about some things that might increase pain, inflammation, stress on our systems, and then let's think about some stuff that might actually decrease it. Okay. So when it comes to physical, we've touched on a couple of these, so we might we can throw those back up there. So if you guys want to, let's focus on physical first. What are some things that will increase pain and stress? Injury. Injury, yeah. So having a stack. What else? Exercise. Exercise. Certain exercise, yes. Absolutely. Early activity, like Like poor postures. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So repetitive poor postures. I'd pop that probably under poor posture. What else? Maybe using the couch as your bed that you end up with in some weird or wonderful position on your sofa and you're falling asleep instead of sitting up in your sofa maybe. So... And again, that probably comes into posture, but again, just to extrapolate that a little bit out, a bit more. Mm -hmm. 
Poor posture really covers a lot of things, doesn't it? Let's think about things that we can do then to decrease our pain and increase, I'm going to put life in terms of our vitality. Okay, so what are some things, if these are things that increase our pain and decrease our vitality, what are some things that we can do that's going to decrease the pain and increase our vitality? Stretching. Stretching. Improving whatever's being in poor posture, like a better chair. So, improving posture. Rest, perfect. So rest and recovery. Somebody doesn't say chiropractic care. <laughs> Thank you. What sort of professional, Alison? Good. So one of the things that I would suggest is that I'm being a bit facetious. Um, sometimes you need manual therapies and body work done to be able to improve whether it's injuries, poor posture and things like that. And then it's making sure that you're picking the right health professional to be able to help you achieve your goals. So for example, I have a lot of my clients that really want to improve their posture but they've gone to their GP who's gone, there's nothing wrong with your posture. It's perfectly normal to look like this. And I'm like, really? That's perfectly normal. Hmm, I'm pretty sure it's not. And I know that there's ways that we can correct that. Okay, so it's making sure you're going to the right person for the right thing. Okay, um, so I am going to be facetious and write chiropractic care because it's my texter. <laughs> um, what else? It might be getting a massage. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about in terms of, and this one will probably pop up in all three, but I quite like the term of self-care in here because sometimes people smash themselves. So what self-care means is doing positive things for themselves. So um, a few of us train at the same gym, actually. There's, a, there's some people in the gym that we train at um, where they are very proud of themselves that they smash themselves. It's actually the language that they use. And so... To me, because I'm pain averse, I'm like, I don't want to smash myself. That sounds freaking awful. Why would I want to smash myself? I want to be fit and I want to be healthy. But it's, it's one of those things where being gentle with yourself and actually being caring, caring for yourself physically is also really important. So understanding when you do need to have a bit of rest, understanding when you do need to get some professional help to make sure that you're performing still at your best are all really important when it comes to in decreasing our pain and increasing our, our life and our vitality. Does that make sense? Our language is something that's really important, and if I don't bubble too much, we are going to talk about that tonight. Okay. Is that helpful as far as physical is concerned? Some of you are like, this is really easy, and then my question to you would be, are you doing it? <laughs> because it's one thing to know about it. It's another thing to actually be doing it and actually putting it and implementing it into your life. All right. What are some things chemically? So when I mean chemical, I mean anything that we have on us or in us that might be... Increasing pain, decreasing life. Yeah, so some medications absolutely create inflammation. And sometimes the, um, the area that they're helping not, not functioning, that they're trying to help function well, then creates issues elsewhere. Okay, what else? Allergies. Allergies, yep. Allergies. Um, poor diet. Would that be like environment? Yeah. yeah. Toxins? 
Toxins. So, you know, we live in the Illawarra. Blue Scopes, how many k's up the road, depending on which the way the wind blows. We've got the sand mine this way. If any of you, I live in Shell Cove, is that our, our back deck is under about that much soot all the time from various building um, that's going on. We then have the pleasure of breathing that in. That's going to put pressure onto our system. Okay, so toxins is obviously really broad. Um, anything we're putting onto our skin that might actually have carcinogens in, in them is obviously also not great. So I'll put down skincare. Yeah, absolutely. Chemicals. All right. Yeah. You're ahead. But I like it. Yeah, that would still, I would still put that under chemical because it's actually, um, sorry, emotional because it's actually set off through an emotion to start with. But I, I like where you're going with it. So alcohol. Okay. So we know there's lots of things that can increase pain, decrease life as far as chemicals concerned. Now, what's really interesting in here if I asked you all, which I'm not going to, to put your hands up about how many of these are in your daily life that actually are increasing pain and decreasing life, I would put money on it that for most of you in the room, there's probably a tick next to most of these. Okay, so now please don't get me wrong. Don't go, oh my God, she's going to ask me to throw out my perfume. She's going to ask me to stop using the deodorant. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm, what I'm hoping to do by doing this particular exercise is drawing your attention to when you start making little changes, how quickly can snowball to create great momentum in how you're now decreasing these pain cycles and increasing your life. Does that make sense? Because what I don't want any of you doing is walking out going, oh my God, I've got to do a hundred things. When the first thing that I said tonight was we want to simplify so that you've got a couple of steps. Okay. So just in case, because I could see some of you bugging out going, oh my God, she wants me to take all this out of my house. Not suggesting it. Um, pick the things that you think are going to make the biggest impact. So, for example, in our house, um, I like the perfume that I wear. I know some people would go, I can't believe you still use that particular perfume because it has toxins in it. However, the deodorant I use has no aluminium in it. So I kind of feel like I'm trading it off. Okay. In terms of the shampoo that I use has no sulfates in it. I still get my hair coloured because I don't intend to be grey just yet. <laughs> Okay, so, and, and I have my hair cut way shorter than what I used to because when I used to have my longer hair at the top, you would already be able to see the serious greys that are going on. I'm hiding them at the moment because it's shushed in a certain way. But I'll be getting my hair coloured Saturday week. So I balance it out, okay? Now, some people, and more power to you, have taken all toxins out of their life, and that's awesome, but I am not a proponent of going, you need to do that tonight, because to me, that creates stress in your world that's unnecessary. Start a little bit at a time, and maybe just play that, well, if I do this, and I don't do this, then it's helpful. Yeah? Okay. So what are some things, I've sort of touched on a couple of them, that chemically we can do to decrease our pain and increase our, our vitality? So let's talk about food for a second. I'm going to make it really simple. Just make sure it's real food. That it actually resembles something that is pretty close to what it started out as. Be mindful of the never-ending expiry date. Because if you've got something that has an expiry date on it that is never-ending, probably meant it was never really food in the first place. It's what I like to call in our food workshop where they do. It's a chemical shitstorm. 
okay? Because if something can last forever, then it has been embalmed in something, it has that much preservative in it, it has so many numbers or other chemicals in it to enable you to, and I use this term loosely, safely eat it, that um, it doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of nutrient value by the time you get to it, okay? So real food. Toxic-free products helps, okay? Yeah, because if we talk about that toxic-free products, and as I said, I'm not asking you to chuck out everything in your house that would probably be considered toxic, but if you start reducing it and start swapping things, things out, one at a time, I would suggest, unless you happen to be really flush that week when you're going to the shops and you choose to throw everything out, because to revamp your whole house completely toxic-free, it's an investment. So, again... Maybe do it in increments, depending on how excited. Sometimes some people are, you know, no, I'm doing it all now, clearing it all out. And then their shop is $1,000 and they're like, but I feel good. We're not eating this week, but I feel good that we are <laughs> toxic free and my skin is glowing. <laughs> okay. Um, in terms of medication, I want to be really clear. If any of you are on medications now, please don't walk out the door and throw them out. That is not what I'm suggesting at all. So it's just having a mindfulness. If you're taking, for example, a lot of ibuprofen, whether that's Nurofen or um, whatever other brands there are of ibuprofen, or you're taking a lot of things that are over the counter, is just maybe be mindful of why you're having to take them all the time um, and how can you perhaps approach that differently. Okay, so if any of you are on medications that are literally keeping you alive right now, please don't walk out the door and stop them. Sometimes when I'm talking about various sorts, whether it's blood pressure medication or cholesterol medication, people go, that's it, I'm not doing them anymore. Dr M said, I'm like, no, Dr M did not say that. Because if you are taking any of those medications and you want to reduce them, you need to work with whoever put you on them to wean them off. Okay, because that's really, really important. Um... As far as things like alcohol, I mean, the obvious answer is don't drink it. But then that also, for people that can tolerate some alcohol, um, also might mean their life does not seem quite as fun anymore. So it might be more moderation, okay? One of, the, I think, a great rule when it comes to alcohol is that within a week, you have more alcohol-free nights a week than you have alcohol nights, okay? So that means at least some would say... Some would reduce it more and they go at least one alcohol-free day a week. I think that's not quite enough. Personally, I think you can probably do more alcohol-free than you do alcohol. Within a month, some people might go, I might have an alcohol-free week. And then within a year, often people will choose February because it is the shortest month of the year to do an alcohol-free month. Okay, and it just gives you a chance for your body and your liver to have a bit of a break. Okay, same could be said with coffee. I'm going to put coffee in here, even though it hurts my heart to put it there. Those of you who know me know I like a long black or a short black. Um, is that be mindful that too much, a little bit of coffee can actually be a really good thing. Too much coffee, depending on what your state your adrenal glands are in, can be a very bad thing. Okay, so it's just for what might work for Jess doesn't work for me. What might work for Emma doesn't work for me. Around the room, we're all going to be slightly different. This isn't uh, one size fits all kind of night. It's figuring out what works for you and then being able to implement it.
And that's it for this week's episode of Lion Julius. Over the coming weeks, as I mentioned, I will be releasing the rest of that workshop so that you can have all the tools that you need to get started in shifting some of those habits in your own world. Now, you would have noticed that I was actually referencing my old podcast, Be the Queen of Your Stress, throughout the particular workshop and over the coming weeks. All of those episodes are archived, archived, put my teeth back in. If you do want to go back and listen, just check them out. They all sit under a line due now. So as I said, that's it for this week. Have a great week and I'll catch you next time. And that's it for today's episode of Line Due listeners. Remember to hit the five-star ratings and share today's episode with your friends. And be sure to join our collective on Facebook and Instagram at Align Due. Look forward to catching you next episode. Information shared on the Align Due podcast is of general nature and for information purposes only. It is not specific medical or personal advice. You should seek assistance from your healthcare practitioner for your individual circumstances. Any information provided doesn't imply endorsement or third-party devices or products and cannot provide you with health and medical advice.